I'm not going to talk directly about sex because I know nothing about sex, but I do know about sexuality being a human being to a certain extent. And whether it's sexuality or any sort of other embodiment that we have, I really like the point that Teal Swan made in an earlier clip that I put where we usually have sort of a split in ourselves where we have our higher, more idealized self, and then we have a more broken or traumatized self, and we tend to try to escape the more broken or traumatized self and chase after the higher self when the whole the only way we can live a happy happy life is if we bring those two parts together. We have to go to the traumatized self and care for it so that it can naturally come up to meet the higher self. So when it comes to sexuality and the I, sort of ideal way of expressing our sexuality as humans or the best best ways to be most healthy ways to be intimate. It has so much more to do with healing the broken parts, not the broken parts, but the traumatized parts of ourselves, you know, than, than trying to cultivate or make some special spiritual practice, in my opinion, about the, about the higher parts. But the, the baseline that we're working with in society right now is that for most people, we are already quite a lot, it's different for different people, but quite a lot in our fight or flight or more reptilian brain, which is directly linked to that more just completely not, not higher self sexual impulse. And so the fact is that there's a lot there's way too much, in my opinion, sexuality in terms of flat out having sex. And there's way too little sexuality when it comes to embodying one's own sexuality. Like you might imagine a, a very healthy dancer or a, just a woman or a man who's very healthy and com truly comfortable and relaxed in their body. Because that's, that's how you show the whole mix between health creativity and sexual energy that it's all one thing and that that capacity to hold that that sexual energy in your body has everything to do with um, healing from all the tension and the hardness and the lack of being able to be present that you probably carry which is carries in your brain as well which keeps people addicted to the quick chemical high of sex when that's not in the long run very fulfilling or hardly if not if not the opposite of not draining and um not not like like sex is purely draining but just obviously the way that we it's it's clear that if you walk around society, there's very little true embodied sexuality, and there's advertised and and flashed and sold sexuality everywhere, which is the the highly obviously cheapened and perverted version of what our sexuality could really be. It really is under under our shutdowns. So there were two different sources that I wanted to talk about. There's this website called the tantricpriestess.com. I talked to the woman who um, created this a, a while ago. If you go check it out, she's a, a very unique, truly sensitive person. And my initial feeling is, okay, like the I've never been interested like oh you should do some special thing to learn about tantra especially because sexuality has honestly never been at all in the forefront of my life but it should be in the forefront of everyone's life because it's our embodiments but anyway tantra to me and the reason i want to read a few things from our website isn't about anything specifically about maybe what the historic practice of tantra is but it's about the fact that everything related with our creative 
and sexual energies and impulses have amazing power and life force if we like accept their presence and accept their magic and she has some really good um, passages about that and then I'm going to read a passage out of another book so she says what what's the purpose of sexual energy beyond procreation and hedonistic self-indulgent pleasure years ago while meditating with a serpent one day I had a spontaneous kundalini activation so if you are not inundated in the people that talk about spiritual stuff kundalini is the is sort of the serpent-like sexual force that that is pictured as sort of climbing up one's spine. And I haven't had a Kundalini awakening, so I can't tell you what that is. But she says it was extraordinary and profound. It gave me a renewed inspiration to re-examine and honor the power of the second chakra. And for once, once again, people who don't talk about chakras, the second chakra is the creative sexual chakra. There's the root chakra first and then the then the um the sacral chakra, the second chakra. No longer did I view sexual energy as solely a procreative act or an often less than inspiring ritual. I realized the second chakra is put its potential access to a secret alchemical alchemical formula access to a sacred wellspring of power. Source energy is our potential to tap into infinite energy currents and pathways inside our bodies. These energy currents can be nourished and directed to support healing and awakening. Over years, I have danced extensively with source energy power. The esoteric realm, for example, is a mystical and magical odyssey. I have felt, and still feel passionately, the call as a priestess, matriarch, shaman, and visionary midwife to vigorously investigate and share this energy and its power used mindfully with genuine seekers. The experience allows us to connect deeply with our energy bodies and a fluid, sorry, I have this written really small, it's a little bit of a challenge to read, so, and a fluid cosmic blueprint that is interconnected to everything. We have the potential through investigation. So I guess what she's going to say here, just in my own words, I think has a lot to do with when, and I can only feel what it feels like as a woman because that's what I am. But it's an, just sexuality is just another humongous way, just like I might have, I had mentionings in previous videos about what it's like to find feel yourself truly connected and being able to to communicate with nature sexuality is another way where you sort of find yourself to be bigger than yourself you can find yourself to be connected to the to the creation currents all around you through your own being and i'm sure lots of you can completely relate to that but because of that it's a place of consciousness that we we don't access nearly enough and the implications of accessing it much more are pretty amazing so she says we have the potential through investigation of sensual source energy to have instant and direct access to super states of consciousness the implications are infinite i cultivate extraordinary encounters weaving the mystery of sexual energy and sensual energy with everything balancing intense doing with gentle being and to open the heart, harmony, healer, and interconnectedness, high intelligence, and evolution. I am proud and inspired by intelligent, mindful, conscious, human energy body investigations and experiences. It is an egoic challenge for humans to express source second chakra explorations beyond lustful primal longings. This is the pathway we are all on. Can you see this body is sacred? There was a picture of her. Is it an energy facility that generates and converts different energies into healing and esoteric powers? I am proud and inspired by the human energy body. This is probably from another page. Um, the body is considered sacred in Tantra, and the energy we seek to tap into can include eros if people elect to it. We are not shaming erotic feelings. We are legitimizing the quest to activate and farm source energy and balance, infuse and imbue our entire energy body and energy centers so that something more meaningful and profound 
beyond procreation and soul lust can be experienced. As you soon become proficient with this, you realize that source energy from the second chakra changes as you channel it to other parts of the body. Some seekers want to glean this process. Others commit their life to the process. I can at least plant the seeds. Um, now the trick is, people respond to erotic cues and arousal, so for most people they do not see, nor have they ever been presented with a model for connecting and thereby transmuting sensual energies or merging eros with hard centeredness, sound vibration, healing meditation, and quantum consciousness. So she's sounding all, um, you know, special about about things that, I mean, it's, it's not that it's not special, but that's really simple. The thing that I want to point out, which she's going to talk about, which is quite obvious, is the fact that the vast majority of people are, there's so many lonely people and there's so many um, people who don't have enough intimacy in their life. And the things that are thrown up in front of us and in culture and in front of our computers are all about the quick lust aspect. When I think if almost anyone asks themselves what they really are wanting that they fulfill with, um, with sexual desire or hooking up with people, like if they're, I think if most people truly ask themselves, like, what do I really, would I prefer having like the closeness of leaning on someone's shoulder and resting with them or having quick sex with them. Like, I think most people would rather <laughs> lean on, rest, rest on each other's shoulders. And, um, like, the kind of softness of presence is what people really want. And all we see are just, like, people shaking their butts everywhere. And, I mean, I'm, that would have sound like a 50-year-old, but... <laughs> It's just serious if we, in my opinion, if we don't recognize that, like, I can only imagine the millions of hours of men and women in front of porn and when, if they literally had someone that they could just um, be present with and lie, lie down next to and feel like they were paid attention to, it would feel, fill up their heart instead of exhaust their, their energy stream. So anyway, she says... He, um, instead, humans crave and seek intimate connections without a negative charge. Humans live busy, hardworking, intense, stressful lives, usually disembodied, distracted, and not present. So they also crave a fix, a chemical, emotional, and energy shift, which usually does take place during sexual expression. However, those experiences are rather short-lived, as their biological function requires only a few minutes. Some even become addicted to these sexual quests. Some people become proficient at extending sexual expressions, yet this still falls far short of the intention to access eros via breath, muscular skeletal kinesis, meditation, and intention in order to redistribute, channel, and harvest this source energy. This is something that we need to need a competent guide and educator to help both men and women with. So the quintessential question is, do we want to disavow our bodies and or our sexual energy? Do, you, do we want to express sexuality alone or activate the matrix and awaken and integrate source energy with all energy? If the latter resonates with you, you can explore a method to balance this energy and even redirect it to harvest and expand that energy power into the transcendental, esoteric, and spiritual realm. When we embrace mindful embodiment and intentionality, integrate all our energies, including erotic energies, into the tantric activation transmutation method, we are accessing our highest selves and cultivating global tantric intelligence. Intelligence, And this is going to maybe be a bit chopped up because they're from different sections, but she says, embodiment versus shame. Guilt and archaic constructs are replaced. Tantra can be used as the antithesis to porn. Contemporary Tantra, some refer to as Neo-Tantra, practice in the West and in Europe is based on strands that were taken from the dense ancient spiritual texts and various Tantric traditions. Methods and constructs are derived from ancient Indian language or Sanskrit. In Sanskrit, Tantra involves the significance of body, 
the weaving or stretching of beingness, realization and consciousness, the connection of strands from devotees to deities or to divine spirit, the interior, secret or coveted knowledge, and the loom or, or weave of the universe. So it's my impulse to sort of feel like humans already naturally know their how if in their healthiest, most peaceful state, don't need ancient teachings of Tantra in order to reach their healthy expression. But I think it's probably just true. Like as she said, men and women need a, a guide or educator. If so much knowledge about ourselves as people in so many ways have sort of been lost and our society is so asleep, I'd be foolish as heck to say, why not? <laughs> why not listen to ancient traditions? And obviously, since I'm no Tantra expert, I don't even know. You know, it's one of those things where you don't know what's waiting out there for you. You can only just have a, a concept based on what you assume. So it says, Tantra is a fusion of methods evolving on the path as we search for expanded states of consciousness and oneness. For me, Tantra methods are strands of non-dogmatic spirituality, the yogas, sexual source energies, phenomenology, and qualitative research, meditation, breath work, healing touch, holistic health, energy medicine, shamanism, quantum physics, and pagan Wiccan matriarchal, and the practice of sacred feminine forms of worship. Reestablishing and reintegrating the priestess into consciousness is key to our spiritual evolution. Previously, most religious texts had dissected and removed the crucial power of the embodiment, especially regarding women and the feminine. Women and the power of our wombs were devalued and repressed in our psyches. Shaming a woman's power and making forbidden her knowledge and gifts, using source energy meant the second chakra became perverted. And, the, I mean, if I wanted to write a little essay, I think I very well could about maybe like five different archetypes of how a modern woman adapts to the fact that our sexuality has been so captured and controlled and perverted. There's so many ways, like even not just the sexuality, like just your, in terms of sex, but your whole self-expression. Like I feel like I learned very early and I've, I could say a lot of things about this because it's just so obvious that I learned very early that if I was going to dress beautiful and self-expressing, I would get so much attention that um, was not did not make me feel more free. It made me feel more like I should play down my own source energy unless I want to be sexualized or in a way that makes me uncomfortable. I mean, that's just a classic story, like to, to sort of hide your own sexuality. So... Women were banned from using their powers and therefore hindered in their divine right to discover their own spiritual purpose as facilitators of evolution. Without the priestess, humanity suffers gravely. Yet, evidence is everywhere that Tantra has been and continues to permeate all aspects of our culture, civilization, and collective consciousness. This is happening because we as a civilization are attempting to reachieve homeostasis. The pendulum must restore balance. Women are reclaiming their divine sovereign right as embodied healers to explore source energy. This is a sacred pilgrimage. As women grace the, the path, they are in the process of reclaiming their right to inspire other women and men to reclaim knowledge and wisdom about consciousness. As a civilization, many may still feel confused and torn about sexuality socially, and spiritually, sex scandal, shame, lust, prostitution, sexploitation, hedonism, sexual addiction, sexual objectification, unplanned pregnancies, concern of STDs, religious dogma, and sexual predation are real. Our civilization has and continues to struggle with these behaviors. Our struggle and choices reflect imbalances within ourselves and our cultural psyche. Our struggle depicts our attempts to heal. Reactions to our struggling with the second chakra can be intense and stern. From old paradigms we erected in attempts to control something we did not fully comprehend. We are now becoming aware of our egoic reactions, our fears, self-righteousness, anger, 
attempts to control or repress our impulses and our judgment of those struggling with source energies. The exciting news is that we have the power and desire to open our minds and hearts. We are all on the path towards sexual healing, integration, and enlightenment. We are healing wounds from sexual imbalances, oppression, repression, suppression, and now moving towards integrating all aspects of human mind, body, spirit. I choose to use the awesome power of sexual source energy and the power of attraction to expand states of consciousness. I believe I am here to reclaim and facilitate this spiritual journey. The mystical and esoteric realm does not have to be separate from our working lives. They can complement each other and have wide-reaching implications for our evolution as a species and planet. And I just wanted to say, because it says spiritual and esoteric so many times, once again, the, just like the person who's truly the, the, the true, has the true knowledge about any level of spirituality, if you talk to her, she, it's not, you know, I think most people may, when they picture something tantra, it's like, seems like it's this performance, like someone sort of trying to act like they have this special mystical secret and like come and come and participate in it. But if someone really knows it, they just have an extremely innocent, in-touch, sensitive persona, not just persona, but way of being. Like one of the things that she does that's really obvious that more people should do is that only taking contact by phone, like, you know, don't email, don't text, I want to interact with you as a human. So... Ethics and intention. The key is intention and to be aware of the dance between the lower and higher brain. When we choose to participate in tantric encounters, we intend to cultivate presence, awakening and consciousness through intimacy rituals. We start where we are and we begin. We channel source energy with compassion, forgiveness, and unconditional love, harmony, shamanic healing, and oneness. While I use the word Tantra for consistency and communication, I mean a form of awakening, using source energy channels to fathom the possibilities. With each experience, we begin and continue the journey to plant the seeds of awakening and cultivate higher states of consciousness. I look forward to our ecstatic choreographies as we dance with and fathom the infinite possibilities of awakening. So I think the last thing from her that I'll read is she has an oath. And she says, my womb is a sacred temple. I've dedicated my life to midwifing women and reconnecting to their womb, its, mystery, its mysteries and its power. Womb power encompasses more than procreation. In the highest form, the womb is a sacred temple and intentional energetic connection to the womb is connecting with the shaman priestess, priestess and to source. When we connect womb and source energies and channel it through all the chakras, we see we are one with the unified intelligent energy field. We are activated and united with the great cosmic womb of all time. <laughs> I love that. The great cosmic womb of all time. I am empowered to call in genuine seekers and or wise ones whenever, the, wherever they are in their process so that together we can dance with the cosmos and honor spiral pathways of evolution. Reclaiming embodiment is a vital acceptance of a gift. Once we accept and honor sacred embodiment, we may commence higher brain integration and experience the journey to heart's awakening, harmony, healing, and oneness. This focus is mindfully intended to guide and sometimes to redirect us back to our soul destiny. Each of us are alchemists in training with the potential to infinite, intel infinite intelligence. It is our sovereign right to learn or remember, align, cleanse, and activate the spiral stairway using source energy. Initial ceremony may or may not be able to fully encompass the activation process. With busy, stressful lives and counter-conditioning, it may take several sessions to unlearn social and physical conditioning and awaken our capacities. However, initial ceremonies are precursors of activation potential, planting seeds and inspiring deep journeys and our quest for enlightenment. It is up to each individual to pursue their unique quest. I can be a way shower. And she has she has more, of course, but that's what I'll what I'll read. 
And now I'm going to read a just a short part of a chapter from there's this really special book series called the Ringing Cedars of Russia series. There's 10 books to it. And in the first book, the two main characters are a woman named Anastasia, who is the definitely the enlightened character of the two. She is a woman who lives in the forest with outside of modern civilization. And the other character is this Russian businessman named Vladimir. And in the part that I'm going to read is right after they, quote unquote, had sex, he was wanting to have a son. And she, this is, this is a story once again written by Vladimir, so it might sound, it is sort of simple and a little crude sounding. But anyway, he... He just found she's so healthy. She's so, it'd be wonderful to have, have a son with her. So while he was staying with her in, in, in the forest, they, they, had, they had sex. And the morning after, he's feeling so, so good and like inspired where he's like, usually after I have sex, I feel sort of drained. And he's like waking up and she's, all happy and he's just like sort of a bit in, in amazement about w what happened and how how pure or uplifting it felt and so he asked her so you don't consider sex to be something sinful I asked Anastasia fell silent she looked at me in amazement and responded was that the same kind of sex the word implies in your world and if not then what is more sinful, to give of yourself so that a man can come into the world? And in this series, it always says man, like with a capital M, to refer to all people. So that a man can come into the world or hold back and not allow a man to be born. A real man. I started thinking, in actual fact, my nighttime closeness with Anastasia cannot possibly be described by our usual words, sex. Then what did happen last night? What term would be appropriate here? Again, I asked. And why did anything even approaching that experience never happen with me before? Or for that matter, I would venture to say, with hardly anybody else in the world. You see, Vladimir, the dark forces are constantly trying to make man give in to his base fleshy passions to stop him from experiencing God-given grace. They try all sorts of tricks to persuade people that satisfaction is something you can easily obtain, thinking only of carnal desire, and at the same time, they separate man from truth. The poor deceived women who are ignorant of this spend their lives accepting nothing but suffering and searching for the grace they have lost. But they are searching for it in the wrong places. No woman can restrain a man from fornication if she allows herself to submit to him merely to satisfy his carnal needs. If that has happened, their marital life will not be a happy one. Their marital life is only an illusion of togetherness, a lie, a deception, accepted by convention. For the woman immediately becomes a fornicator, regardless of whether she is married to the man or not. And lots of the things that might sound a little overly proper, but I really think it's an important perspective. So... Oh, how many laws and conventions mankind has invented to attempt to artificially strengthen this false union. Laws, both religious and secular, all in vain. All they have done is cause people to play around, accommodate themselves, and imagine that such a union exists. One's innermost thoughts invariably remain unchanged, subject to nobody and nothing. So, and she says, Jesus Christ saw this and trying to counteract it. He said, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Then you, and it's so easy to look at anything that sounds Christian and be like, face palm to your head and be like, yeah, like no lustful looks that you're sinning. But just like in the context of what I was reading before, the idea that if we're embodying our sexuality, it's so much more about our creative embodiment and our life force than it is about the drive towards sex and lust. So that's what I think is why I agree with the statement about anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery 
with her in his heart. It's just obviously so far from where we are that people's sexuality can be accepted without it being about lust. So, then you and your not-so-distant past have tried to attach shame to anyone who leaves his family, but nothing at any time or in any situation has been able to stop man's desire to seek out that sense of intuitively felt grace, the greatest satisfaction, and to persist in seeking it. A false union is a frightening thing. Children, do you see, Vladimir? Children, they sense the artificiality and the falsity of such a union, and this makes them skeptical about everything their parents tell them. Children subconsciously sense the lie even during their conception, and that has a bad effect on them. Tell me who, what individual would want to come into the world as a result of carnal pleasures alone? We would all like to be created under a great impulsion of love, the aspiration to creation itself, and not simply come into the world as a result of someone's carnal pleasure. People who have come into a false union will then look for true satisfaction in secret apart from each other. They will strive to possess body after body or make paltry and fateful use of their own bodies, realizing only intuitively that they are drifting farther and farther away from the true happiness of a true union. Anastasia, wait, I said. Can it be that men and women are doomed this way if the first time all that happens between them is sex? Is there no turning back, no possibility of correcting the situation? <laughs> there is. I now know what to do. But where do I find the right words to express it? I'm always looking for them, the right words. I've been looking for them in the past and the future, but I've not found them. Perhaps they are right in front of me after all. And then they will appear, new words will be born, words capable of reaching people's hearts and minds, new words for the ancient truth about their primal origins. Don't panic, Anastasia. Use existing words to start with just as an approximation. What else is needed for true satisfaction apart from two bodies? Complete awareness, a mutual striving to create, sincerity and purity of motive. How do you know this, Anastasia? I'm not the only one who knows it. A number of enlightened people have tried to explain it to the world. Belis, not sure to say that. Krishna, Rama, Shiva, Christ, Mohammed, Buddha. You've what, read about all these people? Where, when? I've not read about them. I simply know what they said what they talk about, and what they want to have wanted to accomplish. So sex by itself, according to you, is bad? Very bad. It leads man away from truth, destroys families, an enormous amount of energy is wasted. Then why do so many different magazines publish pictures of naked women in erotic poses? Why are there so many films with erotica and sex? And all of this is extremely popular. Demand generates supply. So you're trying to say that our humanity is completely bad? Humanity is not bad, but the devices of the dark forces obscuring spirituality by provoking base carnal desire, these are, the ve are very powerful devices. They bring people a lot of grief and suffering. They act through women, exploiting their beauty. A beauty whose real purpose is to engender and support in men the spirit of the poet, the artist, the creator. But to do that, women themselves must be pure. And once again women themselves being pure, um, obviously it's really ugly when people call women not pure for anything that they are. So I'm not even slightly going there. But in this series, pure purity is all about um, integration in a way. Like a, a pure mind and pure thoughts comes from a mind that's not in conflict. And like, like was said in the last part that I was reading, that sexuality has a lot to do with the interplay between the higher and the lower mind. And the way that we treat our sexuality now is so much dominated by the impulses of the lower mind that women being in the position where they're balancing the higher and the lower mind is, is the real purity. And there's no woman that becomes unpure because of anything she does, but here it goes. If there is not sufficient purity, they start trying to attract men by fleshy charms, the outward beauty of empty vessels. In the upshot, the men are deceived and the women must suffer their whole lives on account of this deception. So what then is the result, I queried. 
Through all the millennia of their existence, mankind has not been able to overcome these devices of the dark forces. That would mean they are stronger than man. Man hasn't been able to overcome them in spite of the appeals by spiritually enlightened people, as you put it. So, is it downright impossible to overcome them? Or maybe it's not necessary. It is necessary, absolutely necessary. Who then can do it? Women, women who have been able to grasp the truth and their own appointed purpose. Then the men will change too. Oh no, Anastasia, I doubt it. A normal man will always be aroused by a pretty woman's legs, her breasts, especially when you're on a business trip or on holiday far away from your partner. That's the way things are, and nobody here will change anything. They won't do it any other way. But I did it with you. What did you do? Now you are no longer, to, this is a funny part, now you are no longer able to enjoy, indulge in that harmful sex. All at once a terrible thought hit me like a flood and started chasing away the magnificent feeling that had been born in me during the night. What have you done, Anastasia? What? I'm now what? I'm now impotent? On the contrary, you have now become a real man. Only the usual sex will be repugnant to you. It does not bring what you experienced last night. And what you experienced last night is possible only when you desire to have a child. And the woman wants the same from you when she loves you. Loves? But under those conditions, that can only happen only a few times during one's whole life. I assure you, Vladimir, that is enough for your whole life to be happy. You will feel the same way eventually. People enter many times afresh into sexual interaction only through the flesh, not realizing that true satisfaction in the flesh is impossible to attain. A man and a woman who unite on every plane of existence, impelled by radiant inspiration, earnestly aspiring to the act of co-creation, experience tremendous satisfaction. The Creator gave this experience to man alone. No transitory thing with satisfaction, no. It never can compare with fleeting, fleshy gratification. And once again, much better to accept fleeting, fleshy gratification than um, disown it, for sure. But since we're going for really the, the true stuff, I'm going to keep going. So as you... Cherish the feelings from it over time, all planes of being will, with influence sublime, halfify your life and the woman too, a woman who can give birth to a creation in the creator's own image and likeness, his design. Anastasia held out her hand toward me, trying to move closer. I quickly darted away from her into the corner of the cave and cried, out of my way. She got up. I crawled outside and backed off from her a few steps. You have deprived me, quite possibly, of my chief pleasure in life. Everybody strives for it. Everybody thinks about it. Only they don't talk about it out loud. They are illusions, Vladimir, these pleasures of yours. I have helped save you from a terrible, harmful, and sinful appetite. Illusion or not doesn't make any difference. It's a pleasure recognized by everyone. Don't even think of trying to save me from another harm, other, other harmful appetites as you see them. Or by the time I get out of here, I'll be... No relations with women, no drinks or appetizers, no smoking? That's not something most people are used to in normal life. Well, what good is there in drinking, smoking, and senseless and harmful digestion of such a huge quantity of animal meat when there are so many splendid plants created especially for man's nourishment? You go and feed yourself with plants if you like, but don't come near me. A lot of us get pleasure out of smoking, drinking, sitting down to a good meal. That's how we do things, do you understand? That's how. But everything you name is bad and harmful. Bad, harmful. If a guest comes to celebrate at my place and they sit down at the table and I tell them, here are some nuts to gnaw and have an apple, drink water and don't smoke. Now that would be bad. <laughs> is that the most important thing when you get together with friends to sit down at the table and drink, eat and smoke? Whether it's the most important thing or not is beside the point. That's how people behave all over the world. Some countries even have ritual dishes, roast turkey, for example. That is not accepted by everyone, even in your world. Maybe not by everyone, but I happen to live among normal people. Why do you consider the people around you to be the most normal? Because they're in the majority. That's not a good enough argument. It's not good enough for you because it's something impossible to explain to you. 
My anger at Anastasia began to pass. I recalled hearing about medical prescriptions and sex therapists, and the thought came to me that if she had somehow injured me, the doctors would be able to fix it. I said, okay, Anastasia, let's make peace. I'm no longer angry at you. I thank you for the wonderful night. Only don't try saving me from any more of my habits as far as sex goes. I'll fix the situation with the help of our doctors and modern medicines. Let's go for a swim. I began heading for the lake, admiring the morning woods, just as my good mood was beginning to come back. She, well, there you go again, walking beside me, she piped up, medicines and doctors won't help you now. To put everything back the way it was, they will have to erase your memory and everything that happened and everything you felt. Stunned, I stopped in my tracks. Then you put everything back the way it was. I cannot. Again, I was overwhelmed by a feeling of rampant rage, and at the same time, fear. You... You poke your nose in where it doesn't belong and turn my life upside down, so you played a nasty trick on me. And now you say you can't fix it? I did not play any nasty tricks, after all. You wanted a son so badly. But so many years had gone by and you still did not have a son. And none of the women in your life would bear you a son. I also wanted a child by you a son, too. And that is something I can do. And why are you getting so concerned ahead of time that things are going to go badly for you. Maybe you'll still come to understand. Please don't be afraid of me. I am certainly not trying to meddle with your mind. This happened all on its own. You got what you wanted. And I, this is the last thing I'll write. And I would still very much like to save you from at least one, one mortal sin. And what is that? Pride. You're a funny one. Your philosophy and lifestyle aren't human. What do you find in me so inhuman that it frightens you? You live all alone in the forest and communicate with plants and animals. Nobody in our society even comes close to that type of life. So that gives a good taste of Anastasia. And um, Let's see. Yeah, I wanted to read these things because it's time to start consciously realizing two things at once. The vast potential of humans if they really access their full liveliness and, and especially definitely in the realm of everything that's sexual creative energy and at the same time don't reach for it in a dysfunctional or an escapist or a prideful way it's more of like like the very first thing I said if you heal the if you bring the hurt part of yourself along with pure intentions like it's not so different, in my opinion, what I'm trying to describe with bringing together the higher and the lower sexualities as what can happen when you just bring presence to anything. Like you bring presence to someone and maybe that gives them the chance to release the emotional hurt or trappedness or trauma that they have in them. So being that sexual intimacy is such an open, can be such an open thing, it obviously has vast potential for people being able to release trauma and, and heal in all sorts of ways. So it's time to really open up to all that amazing potential and just the fact that living in a way where you're free from from your sexual energies being perverted and suppressed is just a beautiful way to live you can find feel yourself to be beautiful you can enjoy your body in all realms of life so it's definitely a huge huge part of the puzzle we are born human to experience our infinity so that we can be neutral to totality. The world is infinite, and the world 
Sony and took a pop can. 